Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. And welcome, everyone, to Real Presence Live. My name is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio. I'm coming to you live from Trinity Junior High and Senior High School in Dickinson, North Dakota, where we've got the studio set up in the Fisher Commons area. And it's a delight to see the students up and around and uh, ready to go to class. Uh, we have a great show for you this, uh, this morning. We are... Without the services of Father Craig Hochalter this morning, he is your usual host at the Trinity High School. Uh, father Craig is on his way to the funeral of the father of Monsignor Thomas Richter, Father David Richter, and he's on his way to Bismarck for Victor Richter's funeral, which will be held this morning at the Cathedral of the Holy Spirit in Bismarck, North Dakota. Uh, Victor Richter was a loving husband, father, great-grandfather, grandfather, uncle, and a true friend to many who knew him. And we just want to extend our condolences and our thoughts and prayers to the Richter family as they gather for uh, Victor Richter's funeral this morning. So with that, uh, as we do with any Real Presence live program, we start with prayer. So on this feast day of St. Francis of Rome, let us pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blessings of this day. We thank you and ask your blessings to all the listeners this morning, and may their hearts and minds be open to your word this morning. We also pray for the ministry, Real Presence Radio, and the staff, and especially the staff traveling to Duluth, Minnesota, for the RPR banquet this evening in Duluth. We pray for our guests this morning, that you may bless them and that we may hear your word through them this morning. And we ask your continual guidance through this Lenten season. Help us to be prayerful people. Help us in our intention, in our fasting. And also help us to be good stewards of our blessings. And we ask this through our Blessed Mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. We have a great show. We have some great speakers, some great guests. And uh, let's get into our first guest of this morning. I am pri privileged to have Dr. Leroy 
Husengay with us from the University of Mary. Dr. Husengay is the Administrative uh, Chair of the Arts and Letters and Professor of Theology at the University of Mary. Uh, welcome, Dr. Husengay. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, it's uh, in, in our promo tag here we have uh, for your segment, we have Exploring the Life of Christ and His Disciples Through the Gospels. But first of all, uh, again, thanks for being with us, Doctor. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of paint the picture for the listeners this morning on uh, who you are? Sure. So I was uh, born and raised in Minot, North Dakota. Mm-hmm. Uh, born in 74, and I was uh, baptized Catholic as a infant, uh, but through various circumstances was uh, raised Lutheran from the time I was about six, and then uh, when I was, oh, I suppose a sophomore in high school, started taking my faith uh, pretty seriously, and uh, spent some time in evangelical uh, churches, and, you know, in college, uh, started studying theology and Bible and philosophy pretty intensely. Uh, met some really interesting Catholics in college. Uh, along the way, went to uh, Princeton Seminary, Protestant Seminary, and uh, then to Duke Divinity School to do a doctorate in New Testament. And at Duke, I met a lot of other wonderful Catholics and went to teach at Wheaton College in the Chicago area um, and found there uh, that the pull of the Catholic Church was really strong on me. And so... Uh, Easter 2011, I was uh, reconciled, as it were, since I've been baptized Catholic, reconciled with the Catholic Church, and uh, came to the University of Mary then in the uh, summer of 2011. Wow, that's a very, very interesting and, and uh, faith-filled life story thus far, uh, Dr. Gay. Thank you for sharing that with us. And... Uh, Folks, uh, you may not know this uh, about Dr. Ho- uh, about Dr. Gay, but he is the author of at least three books, uh, Behold the Christ, Proclaiming the Gospel of Matthew, uh, another book, Losing the Lion, Proclaiming the Gospel of Mark, a uh, third book, The New Isaac, Tradition and Intertextuality in the Gospel of Matthew, and uh, he has also lectured on Scripture throughout the United States and abroad at academic and ecclesial conferences. Uh, so we are certainly blessed to have Dr. Gay here this morning. Um, well, let's get into the meat of the, uh, of the discussion this morning, uh, Doctor. Let's talk about uh, who wrote the four Gospels and what are some similarities and differences among these Gospels? Well, traditionally, the Church has uh, believed that the Gospels are written by the saints whose names they bear, right? So St. Matthew wrote Matthew, St. John wrote John, that sort of thing. And uh, In the 19th century, uh, modern scholars, Protestant scholars in Germany, came to doubt that uh, very much for all, all sorts of reasons. Um, but my conviction is that uh, the Gospels are written by the saints whose names they bear. So Matthew wrote Matthew, and Mark, Mark, Luke, Luke, and John, John. Mm-hmm. Um, part, yeah, part of the reason the, you know, some scholars in the 19th century started to doubt that uh, was the differences 
among the Gospels, you know, especially right. uh, John and Matthew, which are very different in content and character. And since St. Matthew and St. John were both supposed to be eyewitnesses, uh, you know, the obvious question got asked, why are they so different if both Matthew and John were eyewitnessing the exact same thing? Right. And it, uh, I was just thinking uh, about our listeners and what they're hearing here, Dr. Uh, and, and I always wondered, you know, were uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, were they... Uh, Obviously, uh, talented, uh, were they uh, more educated or just had the ability of uh, some writing skills? And is that how, with the, uh, obviously, with the direction of the Holy Spirit, the four Gospels were written? Can you kind of discuss that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So, you know, it depends on what counts as educated in the ancient world. Right. We have a school system like we have today. Right. Um, you know, in the, in the Greco-Roman, you know, the pagan world, you, if you had money, you could, uh, hire a tutor to teach your children, uh, or send them to, uh, what kind of would look like a school run by a tutor or a team of tutors. Got it. In the Jewish world, learning, uh, was largely, you know, done within, uh, rabbinical academies, or, you know, you'd apprentice yourself one-on-one to a rabbi, so... You know, St. Matthew was probably, uh, you know, trained in that Jewish world of rabbinic studies, you know, and that's why his gospel feels, uh, for lack of a better word, very Jewish. Uh, You know, Mark, it's really unclear. His Greek is rough, but his story is absolutely brilliant. Uh, You know, St. Luke was seriously educated. Uh, he was probably a Gentile who converted to Judaism, who then converted to Christianity, and he knows uh, Greek wonderfully. He counts as a, a true historian in the ancient world, up there with Herodotus and Thucydides um, and uh, uh, Tacitus and other ancient historians. And John, uh, St. John, it's really hard to tell. He's, he's a mystic before he's anything else, and that's why uh, John's Gospel uh, looks the way it does, is probably coming out of his mystical experiences with Jesus both before and after the resurrection. And my opinion is that St. John, you know, as the uh, Gospel suggests, uh, wasn't uh, very educated even by ancient standards. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, folks, if you're just joining us, uh, uh, my name is Mike Kedrowski. We are broadcasting here from uh, Trinity Junior High and Senior High School in Dickinson, North Dakota. And uh, uh, my guest uh, this uh, half hour is Dr. Leroy Husengay, the uh, professor, a professor of theology at the University of Mary, and we're discussing the four Gospels. And uh, so... Uh, Let's go on to another uh, talking point here. Uh, for whom are the gospel writers writing, and how is this based on their own backgrounds, and how does this come a, come out in their writing? Can uh, would you discuss that a little bit, uh, Doctor Husingay? Sure, it's a it's a good question, but it's also a, a difficult question. There's uh-huh. a real debate in scholarship about whether each of the Gospels is written for a particular audience, or whether 
each of the Gospels is written for a, a general audience. And I actually, I, I tend towards the latter view. There's a wonderful book written, oh, I suppose a decade ago, maybe longer now, called The Gospels for All Christians. that really changed academic thinking on the matter. Um, you know, but for all that, you know, they do bear marks of particularity, if you will. So, you know, when you read Mark's Gospel, he talks about Simon of Cyrene uh, being the father of Alexander and Rufus. And it's just an offhand comment, and we have no idea who Alexander and Rufus were, but those people would have been known to St. Mark's audience. Sure. You know, so there, at least, in Mark's writing, he's, he's dropping a reference to a couple people that people in his immediate audience uh, would know. Um, but the Gospels are stories. They're narratives, uh, whatever else they are. And, you know, if you're going to write something really particular to a particular church or community, you probably do what St. Paul did and write letters. Right. When you write a story like, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John did, um, you're writing in a way that invites everybody, you know, to read and enjoy, appreciate what you've written, uh, whatever your original audience might have been. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm leading into this uh, question, uh, uh, I'm thinking of this question. Uh, Dr. Husengay, when the Gospels were written, the authors, again, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, how did they take the written word and... Uh, salvage those through the years until such time as we could put those in in books etc could you discuss that yeah that's a really interesting question um you know so matthew and john traditionally and i you know believe this is right you know were eyewitnesses of jesus and they wrote at a certain point their Gospels. I would put Matthew in the 50s, and John's Gospel uh, maybe as early as the 60s. And, you know, Mark and Luke were not apostles uh, directly, right? They weren't part of the original 12. Um, and, you know, once they write down their Gospels, uh, they prove popular, they get circulated, they get copied, and the Church found those four Gospels really interesting in terms of uh, what they taught about Jesus, found those Gospels really fruitful in preaching, in morality, in doctrine. Uh, there are, you know, there's dozens and dozens of other so-called Gospels out there in the early Church, usually uh, written by heretics. And right. so sometimes those would come into circulation, and the Church uh, discerned that the Holy Spirit was leading them to uh, preserve and keep Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and read those and those only in the sacred liturgy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Dr. Leroy Husengay is my guest uh, uh, this half hour. We have to uh, take a break right now, but again, we will be back in just uh, a moment. Please stay tuned to Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.
Mayo Pharmacy in Bismarck is a faith-based pharmacy committed to delivering excellent care. We're pro-life and pro-family, respecting the dignity of the human person while providing for your individual needs. We have Catholic gifts for all ages, from mystic monk coffee to cards and crucifixes. Plus, we offer a wide range of clinical services, including rapid influenza testing and diabetes care management. You can visit us at 303 North 4th Street to discover the Mayo difference. Our number is 701-223-2424. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision provides eye exams for the whole family and specialty services like vision therapy and custom contact lenses. We offer a variety of frames with missions you can believe in, like Moto Eyewear, which gives away a pair of glasses to a child in need for every frame sold. We are so grateful for your support and grateful to be supporting RPR. You can learn more about our mission at lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, I'm Father Chris Alar. In this world of suffering and pain, we've all experienced loss, especially the death of someone we love, and it's never harder than it is with suicide. In our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and for You, we want to be able to help you. We know that the pain and suffering is great, but we also know that we we can get through it. So please visit suicideandhope.com to learn more. Thank you. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back, everyone, to Real Presence Live. My name is Mike Kidrowski. I'm the Director of Development for the Real Presence Radio Network. And I'm uh, privileged to be a host today in place of Father Craig Hochalter, who is on his way to uh, the funeral of Victor Richter, the father of Monsignor Tom Richter, and uh, Father David Richter, friends of Real Presence Radio, and uh, his uh, uh, 14 children. So uh, I am visiting with Dr. Leroy Husengay from the University of Mary. And our topic is is exploring the life of Christ and his disciples through the Gospels. And I was just visiting with uh, Dr. Husengay at the break and uh, talking about his busy schedule as a professor of theology at the University of Mary and also the administrative chair of arts and letters. And he also has three children at home and... uh, with that busy schedule alone and his professional schedule, he finds time, folks, to golf with his friend, Father Craig Vosick, at the University of Mary as well. So good for you for uh, finding time in for recreation, Dr. Husingay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so we're talking about, the again, the life of Christ and his disciples through the Gospels. And our next uh, talking point is how is Christ described 
or portrayed in each of these Gospels. And what does that tell us about the Gospel writers, Dr. Husingay? Yeah, so each of the Gospels is uh, different. You know, people will talk about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John being very similar. Uh, excuse me, Matthew, Mark, and Luke being very similar and calling those the uh, synoptic Gospels because they seem to see Jesus together. That's what synoptic means, seeing together. Um, you know, whereas John is uh, radically different from them in tone and character and content. And yet, if you read uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke carefully, they're also uh, very different from each other. Right? So Matthew's got the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Luke has similar material scattered throughout his Gospel, and something similar that we call the Sermon on the Plain. Uh, Mark doesn't have the Sermon on the Mount at all. You know, Matthew mm-hmm. and Luke have very different stories of the uh, conception and birth of our Lord, mm-hmm. and Mark's Gospel doesn't have any of that. It just starts with John the Baptist uh, screaming in the wilderness. Interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Right? So they are very different among themselves. Uh, you know, Mark doesn't tell much about what Jesus says, though he includes some parables. He mostly focuses on what Jesus does, and so it's a really intense, fast-paced story. Matthew uh, presents a whole lot of Jesus' teaching as well as Jesus' deeds. Uh, He groups Jesus' teaching into these five great discourses, probably echoing the five books of Moses, to present Jesus as the new Moses. Uh, Luke uh, is really writing in the vein of Greco-Roman historiography and has this long, sweeping story that, you know, starts with... um, Zechariah and, you know, Elizabeth in the temple, and ends actually at the uh, end of the book of Acts. The Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts are actually the same work in two volumes. Uh, And then John's Gospel, Jesus gives these uh, seven I Am speeches, right? I am the bread of life, I am the way, the truth, and the life, um, where, you know, Jesus is speaking as this divine Son of God, inviting inviting us, you know, through the Gospel into us. sacramental, mystical experiences with him. Um, what that tells us about the Gospel writers, you know, in some ways I don't know if they'd want us even to, to ask that, that question, because they as authors kind of recede into the background and they're more concerned about, you know, showing forth Jesus than anything right. uh, about themselves. Right. Yes, well, thank you for that uh, discussion, uh, Dr. Husingay. And uh, let's go on here. Some stories are told in one of the Gospels, but not in others. And you you mentioned uh, that uh, briefly here uh, just a moment ago. Uh, or the details are recorded differently. Now, does this discount the legitimacy of the Gospels in any way? No, I, I don't think it does. Part of the issue... You know, when people think they're finding contradictions in the Gospels, you know, they're operating really with a 19th century mentality um, that wants to see the Gospels as something called scientific history. Got it. uh, Which is a very 19th century concept. And the Gospel writers were writing in the first century using the genre of uh, ancient biography. And ancient biography as a genre has different rules than modern biography. Um, you know, so what I, what I think is that 
you know, the gospel writers felt themselves uh, free following those rules for ancient biography to, you know, rearrange their material uh, to present Jesus in a certain way under the direct guidance of the Holy Spirit. Um, and, you know, it's also po- not only possible, but likely that, you know, Jesus, you know, repeated his teaching, you know, twice, three, several times. Um, you know, preachers, you know, who preach in different uh, pulpits or, you know, change parishes, you know, they've got things in their back pocket that come out in homilies quite a bit. They've got right. homilies they've preached here, they'll preach again, you know, somewhere else. Um, and it, it, it just wouldn't make sense for any teacher, you know, whether Jesus or a homily or myself, to say something once and never say it again. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Um, if you're just joining us this morning... Uh, We are broadcasting live from Trinity Junior High and Senior High School in Dickinson, North Dakota. We're set up here. We set up the studios in the Fisher Commons area. And uh, uh, we are visiting with, right now, Dr. Leroy Husengay of the University of of Mary. And uh, we have a a few minutes left here, Dr. Husengay. And I want to go back to, excuse me, something that you mentioned earlier. And you were comparing the gospel writers. And uh, what jumped out at me is that you, you called John uh, a mystic. Uh, mm-hmm. a, a mystic. And uh, could you, uh, for our listeners, could you uh, give us a brief uh, definition of a mystic and, and why uh, you uh, described St. John that way? Yeah, sure. So, you know... When people first start reading uh, the Gospels or teaching them in Bible study or, you know, something like that, faith formation, you know, they often say that, you know, John is easy to understand, right. and that it's really clear. And on one level, that's true. I mean, Jesus just comes out and tells us who he is. Um, and yet, there's a second level, uh, and maybe more levels behind even that, where if you start reading and praying through John, uh, you find that there's a lot more mystery going on. You mm-hmm. know, so John is the, the father of Christian allegory, really. So you see in John itself, uh, Jesus will say something on a literal level, and his hearers misunderstand it because Jesus meant it spiritually or mystically, allegorically. A uh, great example is in the second chapter, where Jesus uh, cleanses the temple, right? Takes a whip and right. turns over the tables. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, the Jews ask him, you know, by what authority are you doing this? You know, what sign are you going to give us to prove that you can do something like this? And Jesus responds, destroy this temple, and in three days I'll build it up. Um, and the Jews say, it's taken us 46 years to build this temple, and you're going to do it in three days? Mm-hmm. And then... You know, John, as the narrator, steps in and says, ah, but the temple he was speaking of was his body. So the Jews are hearing him literally when he says temple, and they're thinking about, you know, the temple itself, the stones, the other buildings of the complex, when Jesus actually meant his resurrected body as the new and ultimate temple. Or in the next chapter, chapter 3, with Nicodemus, right? Nicodemus praises Jesus, uh, says he's a wonderful teacher, and Jesus, 
responds, you know, truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. And Nicodemus takes that overly literally. He asks, mm-hmm. how is it possible to enter, you know, your mother's womb a second time to be born again? I mean, it's kind of a right. grody, gross image, right? You know, a right. grown man, right. Um, you know, right. it, it just doesn't work. And yeah. Jesus then has to tell him, well, you know, flesh gives birth to flesh, spirit to spirit. The words I've spoken to you are spirit and truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, that whole discourse, he's, he's saying, you know, that Nicodemus is misunderstood by taking him way too literally instead of, instead of taking him spiritually. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have that all over the place in John's Gospel. And so right. Jesus invites you to go through the letter of his words to the spiritual meaning, and ultimately through that to a real experience with right. him. And, you know, maybe the, the important thing to realize with the Gospels is that they're less about, you know, telling us who Jesus was 2,000 years ago and more about uh, something we can use to, to pray through and encounter Jesus in the moment yeah. today. Yes, Dr. Husengay, uh, we have uh, about one, one minute or less. Uh, uh, through your years of study of Scripture, very intense. You, you, you know, you have a Ph.D. in the New Testament from Duke University. What has this done? What has all this study done for you personally? I was really blessed to go through schools where I had faculty at the master's and doctoral level, uh, faculty who were practicing Christians and were studying the Bible, you know, using all the hardcore tools. Uh, But they're doing it for the sake of the truth, for the sake of uh, the Church as they understood it. Right. You know, and so I found a way to integrate my studies and my faith, whereas, you know, a lot of other places, a lot of other faculty, it doesn't go that way. Wonderful. So my, my, it's been Mm -hmm. about uniting, you know, theology and Bible, faith and Bible, prayer and Bible. I've been able to do that in my studies. Great. Well, thank you very much, uh, Dr. Hughes and Gay, for joining us. Uh, We will be right back with more Real Presence Live. Don't go away. We have more guests coming your direction. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 